0: Right now you can get an exclusive twenty percent off your first order at Thrivecosmetics.com slash thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics C-A-U-S E M E T I C S dot com slash thrive for twenty percent off your first order.
1: I'm Aaron Axelrod. This is Rebel Radio and I always knew Josh is from the valley. You're lying, You're from the valley.
2: You guys don't know how much work it is to put this show together every week. We love it, but it's a lot of work. And so it's really nice when we get some love and support from our sponsors. We just started getting sponsors. The first one was Casper Mattresses. They're not only supporting the Rebel Radio Show, but they also make a very comfortable bed that will help you get a good night's sleep, which is important if you're trying to build a business, record an album, get your career, your life going. You need some sleep. So go get a Casper mattress. They're engineered for comfort, to help you get a good night's sleep. They make sheets and pillows, so you can uh, match your whole set. They deliver it free to your house. They give you 100 nights to test it out. They'll pick it up if you don't like it, but I think you will. And it's also been named one of the best inventions of 2015 by Time Magazine. So that right there, that and sponsoring rebel radio that's two major accomplishments that they've come up with and right now you can use our special code at casper.com use the code radio for $50 towards the purchase of your mattress that's casper.com code radio for $50 off for fans of rebel radio casper.com terms and conditions apply Check it out, this episode of Rebel Radio is brought to you by LegalZoom.com. I don't know if you're starting a business or dreaming about starting a business, or some of you are entrepreneurs, some of you are dreamers, pretending you're going to start your own business, but you never will. No matter where you are in that, you can use LegalZoom.com to help you save time and money, and it's really a smart way to start your business. You can download forms, you can incorporate, form an LLC, Get your business set up and with their LegalZoom business legal plan, you can get legal advice for your business from independent attorneys licensed in 48 states. I guess you call them up and they they tell you what to do. You can get NDAs, lease agreements, pretty much any legal documents you can think of and you don't get charged by the hour. You pay a low monthly fee since LegalZoom is not a law firm. So get your subscription on. Save time and money starting and running your business during National Small Business Month at LegalZoom.com today. Don't forget to enter the code REBEL in the referral box at checkout so we get our credit too. LegalZoom.com. Use the code REBEL. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Rebel Radio. I'm your host, Josh Levine. My guest today is Jeff Moore. Jeff is a noted fashion photographer, music photographer, professional photographer He's just launched his show endorsement here in Los Angeles, which is the unseen Cobain photos He basically got special access to shoot inside the storage facility of Kurt Cobain's stuff I Really want to do an art show of the stuff that I have in storage. It's, it's mostly lint and Unread magazines. I think you all will really enjoy that uh, but Jeff is a is an amazing photographer You've seen his work, both still and music videos for folks like Jewel, David Lee Roth, Red Hot Chili Peppers, long list of musicians, as well as a number of fashion magazine covers. You can check out all his work. I think it's jeffmoore.com. And right now you'll see his giant images he shot for the new T-Mobile outdoor campaign. Huge black and pink billboards all over the country. That's Jeff's stuff. He's going to give us some lessons on how he built his career, on what it's like being a photographer in the era of Instagram when everybody is a photographer. And uh, my favorite thing he talks about is just faking it until you make it. He, he's got some great stories about that and about how he just stays on his hustle every day. So we'll get into all that and more right after the EDM.com track of the week. Yeah, that was our EDM.com track of the week. Lexi Pantera with a track called Used to Know. And now let's get into the interview with Jeff Moore.
1: So we're kind of going to do a chat thing. I'm actually, I'm yeah. usually the uh, behind the scenes
2: <laughs> guy. Yeah, you get, to <laughs> yeah, get that yeah. Up now. It's You're
1: usually right here, right?
2: It's pretty mellow. Yeah,
1: yeah listen to that you one we he did with um, Peanut Butter Wolf. Oh, did yeah, you? Yeah, pe- he's, oh, awesome. Cool. he's awesome. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. He's Love that cool guy. guy.
2: Yeah. yeah. And did you know him? i
1: a following. I mean, I know him. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, like, texting him right now right. to say what's up. But, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. I know yeah, what yeah. Better with, yeah. But
2: it's funny, like, he's, he's a, so super mellow in person. Super mellow. And then he kind of brought a little energy on the on the mic, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, I worry when people are, sometimes they're so calm. That, like, yeah. Try to, yeah, we need, like, a monkey running around yeah, in the Yeah, I mean,
1: you. he is a real deal oh, DJ yeah. beat maker. And, like, what For he's sure. doing with his vinyl and all that. It's like, yeah. Yeah, he is a, a cultural tastemaker. Yeah, I'm sure. No doubt.
3: Are you a hip hop?
1: I, I do come from hip hop. You do? Yeah. How's that? Well, um, I guess my era, growing up in like Pasadena and LA, 80s. Yeah. yeah. Like literally when like KDAY AM, 1580 AM, uh-huh. started, we would like go there and get stickers when it was in Echo Park. It yeah. was like It was like That's a right. little radio station. We would listen to the Friday Night Mixtape show. Crazy. And I mean, you know, my. My school is probably 70% black, right. 20% white, 10% Mexican. So I, mean, yeah. I just grew up in kind of hip hop culture. For sure. But then um, quickly got it. I mean, so it's always been a part of me, but then I definitely got into like kind of like the alternative punk rock right. mm-hmm. kind of thing. So it's, um,
2: yeah, that's the funny thing. I think LA, yeah. you know, New York, like, uh, it wasn't until much later that I, I grew up in San Francisco, which is the same way, mm-hmm. where like, you know, yeah, there's rock kids, there's hip hop kids, there's you know, but you're kind of exposed to everything. Yeah. Right? And and you you know, you get pieces of it and then one thing is like your thing. Yeah. But the rest of it, you know, is still there, right? And it wasn't until later that I met people that just like you know, I, they grew up they're like our age, they grew up on like Weezer and like right. they never heard. Right. We grew know. up on I
1: grew up on like EPMD when it right. like first came out. Yeah. And like you know what I mean, like um
2: what yeah, was it? Like, do you remember like early records that like impacted you when you were young?
1: Um, Houdini, EPMD. Yeah. Um, I mean, all those like Roxanne Shantae. Mm-hmm. And actually, later in life, for the last 10 years, one of them, I guess my BFF is the Lady Tigra from Lachine. Oh, Chum. really? Yeah, yeah. She's like, she came out here to do another record and she actually uh, ended up becoming my neighbor. Oh, she's, nice. Yeah, she's the shit. That's tough. <laughs> yeah.
2: Heard from her in a while, they had they had a like a cool thing, yeah. latrim was, yeah. you know,
1: what I mean, they're definitely in that kind of historic, yeah, you know, first female era of hip hop.
2: So, so how do you know Tigra?
1: Um, we met through like just mutual friends and yeah. they just kind of hit. I actually shot her for Herb Magazine, nice, that's where I met Lady Tigra, okay. So, when she was doing her comeback, I don't know, seven years ago, yeah. Um, we did a shoot, and she brought a little puppy, and then she was looking for a place to live, and right behind me was a house for rent. Oh. So then we became, like, family. She's, um, nice. she's Haitian, and she would, like, cook up the Haitian chicken, oh, rice and nice. beans, and it was, like... Yummy. Yeah, and it was, like, BFFs <laughs> <Yeah>. ever <laughs> <Sure>. since. <laughs>
3: Miami has a lot of <laughs> Haitian influence, so I know
2: oh about Oh, God, that. it's good food. Yeah, yeah it's really yeah, good food. Nice, so, and then how'd you get started taking pictures?
1: Um, let me get this come out of my mouth. I would say I was definitely one of those kids that just was, um, you know, I, I, I like to say that for my era, I was super young, because I was like nine or 10, like, you yeah. know, with a little Instamatic camera, just kind of taking pictures of everything.
4: you gonna
1: eat that later. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Just kind of um, taking pictures of everything, I guess. Uh, I always looked at life kind of like a, uh, through kind of like movie frames. Um, yeah. And I think it's just was just kind of in me, whether like I was at the beach and I was like, man, this is like a composition with the surfboard right here and the person walking right there and uh-huh. the ocean right here and the light hitting the person right here. So I think I was just mesmerized by uh, creating images. Yeah. And, and at first, I you mean, know, being a youngster and a, and, a, and a kid, I was like, oh, I want to be like a, a National Geographic photographer. <laughs> yeah. shoot nature and yeah. the, the running horse and this. Sure. And then, then my joke is that I turned about 16 then I really discovered women. And, yeah. Kind of like, well, let me mold that into the whole of course. beauty equation.
2: Yeah,
1: um, it's funny now because it's like, oh, yeah I was young at like ten, eleven, starting to take pictures. But now kids are like three years old with iPhones, like right. mm-hmm. getting pretty great oh, images. Yeah. Right. So sure. it's it's it's, <laughs> it's crazy. It's it's, it's it's kind of awesome as far as you know, um, you know, with all these
2: iPhones and, and right. digital cameras that people can just like yeah. create and shoot. And I mean, you tell it. You know, pretty casual, right? Like, oh, yeah, I just... You know, I was into images and I took pictures, but it wasn't that easy back then, right? Like... I know it was all film. It was all film, and you you had to get a Dark Room or you had to... Like, were you dropping stuff off at Fox Photo or...?
1: Totally, well, I would say I definitely was one of the kids that, like, I was, like, in high school, I was like, I'm going to take photography, yeah. and that's old school, man. I mean, we yeah. were, like, you know, um, you know, developing film, going in the Dark Room, you yep. know, f- uh, for class, for after class, and uh, I would say... Still, right now, I have a camera in my pocket. I've always been that kid that just mm-hmm. took pictures of my life, and, right. um, and 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 it's what I always suggest to people that like you know like you know assist me or me and they want to get in the photography thing. I'm like shoot your life, shoot yeah. your friends, yeah. shoot those moments. You yeah. know, you because know, I, I shoot these like big you know glossy projects with all kinds of entourage, and some of the pictures that get me my biggest jobs were just snapshots of Is that right? Of laughing Lady Tigr in the club. Yeah, you yeah. know, of of. Of life moments. I mean, I did this uh, T-Mobile campaign, which is Mm -hmm. kind of on every billboard across everywhere. The big Uh, pink. Yeah, all the black and and white kind of action Uh in Times Square. It's like everywhere, and you know, the ad agency and the the client was like, you know, we love all your your work, but really, what this campaign is, it's a section of your website called Snaps, and Mm -hmm. Snaps is like I said, it's just my life, and I was like, I "I got this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, of sure. course, it was like a big, huge production to to
2: to do that. but so how do you how does that work, right? Like how do you take that thinking that's just very in the moment just a snap, right? And how do you apply that in a big setting when there's craft services and agency folks running around? and yeah, it's kind like of how like, do you not lose that? It's kind
1: of for that that in particular job it was uh, you know obviously it was a big production. We went over to london to to shoot it and we casted about thirty real people and we were when we were first casting it. I was telling the casting agent, I was like, see all these reference pictures, which, you know, were my homies, yeah. mm-hmm. basically. I was like, these are all my L.A. friends. I was like, you need to find me.
3: These people. You need to
1: find me London friends. Yeah. And then, of course, there's a whole, you know, ad agency and lots involved to find of course. the perfect people. Um, and then the actual, uh, the actual shoot, it's funny you say that because, you know, I'm basically setting up a shot like I would take just a spontaneous moment of a friend. So I have like assistant holding one light and yeah. just me and the person, cause I like to really get in there. We play music and we kind of get a whole high energy kind of vibe. And um, and then I look back and it's literally like 60, 70 people. You know what I mean? Like wow. hair, makeup, ad yeah. agencies, yeah. Yeah, yeah. other clients, art sure. department, this like massive set. I was, I totally cracked up to myself. Not saying it's that easy because it's right. just, that's. The look for that campaign and that's kind of the intimacy right. I wanted to bring mm-hmm. you yeah. know and now I look at it uh, you know because they do advertise so much it's kind of I just call it kind of my corporate art show of course yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah that's
3: good are you uh, <clears throat> are you self-taught
1: I am self-taught I mean like I said I did go to some you know high school classes and get some some, yeah. some basics but um, I guess I go f- went to the University of trial and error um, you know, so many rolls of film. I took to Narduli on La Brea right here, uh-huh. and you know, like shit, it's off. You know, yeah. right. You know, having to, you know, because digital now, you can like see and right. Um, well, yeah,
2: and you can shoot as much as you want now, you right? Just like shoot, back shoot, then it shoot. Was Not dead. Every and, thirty-six and, shots was money flying out the door. Yeah, <laughs> and
1: ironic things. I go back to some of those uh, proof sheets and film rolls now, and uh just magic, man. I mean, yeah. there is, you know, I there's. Definitely magic in film. Yeah, you know, even though I'm mostly digital now, I totally respect. I see all these skateboarders, man. They're just like into like Leicas and film. Uh-huh. You know? yeah. Hashtag real film. You know, right. yeah. like That's kind of awesome. But they will also get all those trips to the lab and the bills for yeah. that too. So right. for sure. Does Wait. that? Sorry. Go ahead.
3: This is very interesting. Does that change your creative process? Like, the film seems like you have to be super calculated, or like you're a little bit more careful about the shot, and then like. Doing digital, you can get messy, and like, there's some, you know, within that messiness, there's like a beautiful piece of work. Like, how does that, how do they compare?
1: Well, I mean, I think film has a its own kind of texture and and, and look, but digital's gotten so good that it's it's really the same game of yeah. how I'm lighting it and right, um, how what look. So I've, the energy is still the it, same. Yeah, I would say everything's the same except that any. Uh, professional job i do like a client's gonna want want it digital now unless yeah. it's some right. real yeah, craftsman sure. fine art thing but sure i mean i couldn't imagine shooting you know twenty thousand images for a campaign and getting those uh you know roles of film developed right. in 2016
2: <laughs> right yeah you know.
1: of course of course no one wants to wait three days anymore everything's instantaneously right. everyone's you know trying to pop up at
2: instagram and you know Hey you you know what's dope? Casper Mattresses is supporting the Rebel Radio Show. They're our first sponsor. And uh, actually, I heard from one of the homies who just bought a Casper mattress. He used the Rebel Radio code and saved $50 off his mattress, and he's very happy. I hope most of you, all of you, will take the opportunity to get a new mattress that gets you a good night's sleep. You can get matching sheets and pillows. You can get your whole... You can buy a whole bunch of sheets and use them as wallpaper and just have your whole bedroom Caspered out if you want to. For a great night's sleep, get a Casper mattress. Try it for 100 nights in your own home. There's free shipping and returns if you don't like it. Go to Casper.com, use the code RADIO for $50 towards the purchase of your mattress. That's Casper.com, code RADIO. Save $50 on the purchase of your mattress. Casper.com, terms and conditions apply so you've you've learned this craft. you're a great photographer, and I mean, you don't you don't need me to tell you that. Uh, thank you. You can look at your own website and see but so but now, like you said, every kid, every three year old has a camera mm-hmm, right that's better than the one you grew up with in some in <laughs> some ways, right so um what what's the difference? like why it, you know in a world where anyone can shoot, Decent looking images, why does T-Mobile come to you, right? And, and why, what is the role now of the professional photographer?
1: Well, I mean, I think, you know, you're always going to, you know, have to sort through the weeds to find the, the, the gems, yeah. you know, because, um, yeah, there's, you know, a billion photos out there and a million photographers, but I think certain people kind of stand out mm-hmm. and you, you know, uh, build your brand, your style, and they're going to come after you. For that, yeah. So Hopefully, mm-hmm. you're going to stand
2: out with what you do. Um, so, how do you do that? How do you how do you build your brand?
1: Well, it's one thing I say with photography is uh, it's probably 95% hustle, mm. and and I hate to say that, but to work professionally, yeah, um, I think that's an it, it is. It is. It so, is. It is so much hustle and mm-hmm. reaching out and rejection and rejection mm-hmm. and then, you know. Get a gig to get some attention and keep pushing away, and then you know hopefully get some kind of commercial thing to pay for the art. And mm-hmm. if there's one thing for me, like I you know I never uh, gotten that like sold out. Like oh, I only shoot for many, I mean I shoot constantly every day. Um, I shoot something. Yeah. Whether it's for me for personal work right. for, for like I said my life um, that can all kind of build into um, it's all kind of a story. Right. You know my my viewpoint um, and. Yeah.
3: So the selling out, like, it seems like you know, for you, you're doing it for the love. Like, you don't have much of an ego about it. You're just like, this is what I do. I'm here to serve. Like, and do this. It's my passion. Yeah. So does selling out ever come into play? For some people, selling out is a big deal. Like, some people won't work with other people because that's like selling out on their personal brand. Do you ever like think about that?
1: Right. Well, I mean, I'm, 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 very attentive of. I'll
2: shoot for, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, so what? What you don't have to name names, but like, what kind of stuff would you turn down?
1: Well, I mean, there's there's certain things I just probably wouldn't be right for yeah. as well. Sure. You know, I mean, a lot of like you know photographers, they'll kind of uh market themselves towards you know cars and mm-hmm. right. not really. Like, I'm not a car guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, could I go to the desert with my team and like make a beautiful Lexus coming down the highway? Like, yeah. Sure. Like. Totally do it, but <laughs> yeah. But I'm probably not going to get hired for that, right. you know. Yeah. Um, that being said, Lexus, if you're listening, because no. <laughs> that would pay for a lot of art. Yeah. yeah. No <laughs>
2: um, Definitely. But yeah. is there stuff but, that, that? But like yeah, it
1: depends, and you know, especially I also come from music. I used to, you know, in the '90s, I was kind of music video guy, man. I yeah. just did like music video after music video after music yeah. video. That was like the roaring era of the mu- of the uh,
3: videos. Of yeah. the,
1: um, what was your first video you shot? God, my very first video was a group called Mary's Danish, uh-huh. yeah. which was kind of in the era of Fishbone and the Chili Peppers yeah. and Jane's Addiction. They were the uh, the new kind of band, and I was young, like twenty one years old. Wow, yeah. um, first and video. That's and amazing. then I was literally that guy that was at all the parties and you know shows she. around town. Yeah. And, um, and this kid Justin Warfield, who was hip hop. Of course. Yeah. He's always well, still hip hop, but yeah. he's got a group called She, w- she Wants Revenge. He came at me to do a video for Warner Brothers. Um so I guess that was I guess my one of my first like with a budget, mm-hmm. you know. And so I you know, when you go for back to like For a field trip to Planet Nine? Yep. Yeah. We did a song called Case yeah, yeah. And we nice. did um Fisherman's Grotto. Cool. So I did I did two off that record and what's funny is you know, I mean so I was young, I mean twenty two years old, twenty twenty three, um, doing this mix of, you know, alternative, because it mm-hmm. was the nineties and then uh, Justin you know gave me some hip-hop now I'll never forget because I got a track from this group from New York and I like I said I kind of grew up around hip-hop culture um, and I got a, a track from this song called leaders of the new school yeah and this was the very first exposure of a dude named Buster Rhymes mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and it's st- it stood out so much man I wanted that video so bad but the nature of music videos is is you're submitting a treatment sure. and and I lost it to a guy named Hype Williams. Yeah. Um, that
2: was the case of the PTA?
1: I can't remember the exact track, but um, I think it was called What's Next. Oh, What's Next. What's yeah. Next. Um, but I love that track. But then, you know, so, I was in, so this was, like, like I said, 90s music videos. And then I get a track from Atlantic Records. And um, they go, we have this new singer-songwriter girl um, named Jewel. Um, we're not going to invest a lot into this record because this is just kind of like a first exposure. And I mean, that's back when record labels would actually stick with somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're already thinking the second record, yeah. Yeah. which I don't think is the case anymore. But it's like, so it's just going to be a low-budget video. And they sent me this headshot of this little 17-year-old, little blonde girl, like, literally, like, in a flower dress. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, like, you know, I literally probably, like, shot in a field. And I was like, she's, <laughs> she's gorgeous. And she had this song yeah. called Who Will Save Your Soul.
3: Yes, that was my favorite song right
1: part, yeah. I love that song because like I'm open-minded to all music and you know, she touches a nerve, man. She's, she's
2: the real deal. You
1: know what I mean? And you could tell. Um, so we wrapped out with Jewel and we, uh, came up with the game plan to shoot this video of kind of lost souls in a bathroom. We shot at LA city hall. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just blew up, you know what I mean? Like it became who will save your souls. I can, grocery stores. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah absolutely. It was number one on M- MTV, number one on VH1 around the world right. for, I think, for the entire year. Um, and so that's kind of funny because then, you know, like I said, that kind of branding thing, like, oh, you know, you're not right for the car thing or this. Right. So then I started getting all these, you know, kind of like more kind of poppy yeah. people wanting me to do their sure. videos. I was like, oh, man, I want, the, I want, you know, right. the the grimy hip hop yeah. And, yeah. and this. But... Um, <laughs> Because that led to, like, the Goo Goo Dolls, which, mm-hmm. you know, I did a, you know, the song called Name, which that was another, like, number one for, like, I don't know, yeah. two straight years. I
3: still hear their Pandora Station. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I love
1: yeah, I love Yeah. And, uh, and, and it was great because now I'm really kind of getting down with my craft. I'm I'm getting better. I mean, I started out kind of green. It was kind of like fake it till you make it. You yeah. know what I mean? I was, yeah. Bit, sure. Um and now I'm getting out there really uh, getting to create my ideas and going back to the photography thing. And when I look back at that stuff, when I first started, it's all still frames brought yeah. to life. That's just kind of all, always how I've shot. It's always been this kind of moody cinematic mm-hmm. um, vibe to my photography and my videos. And after that Goo Goo Dolls, I get a track from this Swedish group with this really catchy song. Um, Group called the Cardigans, and mm-hmm. yes, this I love thing them. was you're speaking "Love Me, Love Me, <laughs> yeah. Say That You Love Me." I was uh-huh. like, "This is such a good, you know, yeah good song, and like, you know, the cutest singer, and like, yeah, cool vibe." And I was like, "You know, uh, you know, I had to put together an entire pitch." So, so what I liked about music videos is, like, you're the creative agency, you know, it's right. Right, it's all, yeah. yeah, you mean you might bounce some ideas with the artist and right. stuff, but really. um it's it's the director's complete vision mm-hmm. yeah. and that's unlike commercials aren't like that right you know sure. I mean, in commercials right. i'm kind of rebranding somebody else's idea i'm taking yeah. it expanding right. it and yeah, creating in my yeah. world yeah there's so many people involved but yeah. um so you know music videos are were this this open canvas mm-hmm. to to try things and you know it's and, and there was no, you know, 10 people hovering over you on set. It's like, I want to try this at 72 frames per second and have them right. move like this and yeah. and shoot it overexposed and film and we'll yeah. kind of see how that looks in post. And, you know, I
2: mean, you need to try shit, you know? Right. right. Yeah. And That's awesome. So did you... It, were there moments there where you felt like, I, I don't know how to do this. Like, I'm...
3: I yeah, just, like the know, over, a my,
2: over my yeah,
3: head. Yeah,
1: like, what did you thing. mean by that? Well, there's a... Th- I, I, talking i guess more like when i when i first started yeah. yeah i remember going to my friend david king who was actually the guitarist for that group mary's danish and i was literally like i you know i did the assistant shuffle the intern shuffle the pa shuffle um i assisted some directors i mean for a short period but yeah. i i got out there and i saw what what was going was on was that experience on. important i think it was huge i had to see the big picture yeah mm-hmm. um i had to i took a job at a post house for almost a year yeah Just the kind of, you know, on hands guy to, you know, go get bagels or help with whatever, drive this tape over here. But I got to sit in studios like this and sit with like top colorists and guys that were directing and producers. And, you know, I would say I definitely had that young uh, uh, hustle Mm -hmm. going. You know, when like you're really young, you're like, I could just completely conquer the world. Yeah. So I think that drive was a, a. positive thing, I hadn't gotten any kind of rejections of life yet, it was just like, fuck yeah, I can do this. You know, yeah. like, I, you know, like. Innocence. Yeah, and yeah. just, you know, I'm not gonna, uh, I would say just that that uh, drive and determination and um, where, you know, people I'd gone to school with were literally just like, you know, wrapping up uh, college and getting a $100,000 bill, you know, right. and yeah, I was kind of like represented as a director already and, um, but going back to that, so I did the assisting thing, and, you know, uh, learn the craft, and um, I kind of learned a little piece of all areas, yeah. but I would tend to watch the director. And and mm-hmm. I was also shooting pictures at this time, but, you know, I mean, I'm assistant, I'm young, so I'm not making money at it yet. Did you
2: know you wanted to be a director at that point?
1: I definitely wanted to be the director. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely knew that I had the ideas, you know.
2: And so so where take us back to kind of where that happened, right? So you're a kid in Pasadena, you're listening to hip-hop, you're taking pictures, <laughs> right? And then you know we skipped over the, because I know you, you're, you know a lot of your work is associated with with alternative rock, mm-hmm. um, and so at some point you, you know you got into that which let's talk about that too. But yep, yep, yep. but you know take us back to that when when does this become well, a say career like, for you? When do you start to get the sense that I could do this for a living?
1: Well. Honestly, so I did. I skipped the I skipped the college thing. I took some community college classes, and I was like, "Man, I need to jump out there and start assisting on um, yeah. jobs." And I got some opportunities to, um, I mean, you know, whatever you can get at that eighteen, nineteen years old. You sure, know? I was like a you know PA on the Emmy Awards. I was worked on some commercials. The funniest one was when I was David Lee Roth's uh, director's assistant no <laughs> for a, for a solo video, which will forever be classic stories in my life working with diamond dave yeah i bet. <laughs> bet um but uh, so going back to the, the guy david king the guitarist i was like um you know like i want to direct i don't know if i'm quite ready yeah and he's the kind of one who's like dude fake it till you make it man yeah you know and he says that did it's you not, get it and it's not like i'm a uh, he says that, but I think that's in a way of just to kind of build confidence like yeah, just for just sure uh, just go for it did yeah, you get it though when he said that did it like register with you? yeah I was just like man, i'm just gonna I'm just gonna go for it and like yeah, fucking you, you weren't know afraid. So, so like when just... I got when I got like you know because i had been doing everything for free, you know what I mean that's right. why I really yeah. respect the kids out there, you know just go and shoot Willing like to shoot do the shoot work. shoot yeah, do it, put in the work doesn't matter about money you know it'll yeah. that'll, that'll come later mm-hmm. if, if you have something to show you uh, have you have to have something to show, so like when I did the uh you know, the, uh, Justin Warfield video, like I had a legit Warner brother record thing that was on MTV, you know, not all the time, but it had got some play and word starts to spread about that. So, you know, that's when the next video started coming. And that's when I really, you know, uh, sorry, got down with the, that open canvas thing and and kind of like half my life and, you know, God, we're way back in the nineties, but Half my life in the 90s was literally with headphones, listening to music, coming up with ideas, right.
2: yeah. you know, so it's kind of just always been in me.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, how
2: long would you say you worked for free? Obviously, you started shooting just yeah. as a kid, but, like, yep. how, how long mean, was that?
1: Uh, I mean, I still do print yeah. jobs for free, funny thing It's like people think, oh, you shot for that big magazine. You must be making so
2: much money. Right. Editorial, you make nothing. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Why or, is
3: that? Because they're so big, you can, it's like kind of pays.
2: Well, the magazines don't have money. They're not.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. they don't
1: They really? don't have money anymore. Yeah. Um You know, you're lucky to get a budget. Hair and makeup, do it for really? free. The models yeah. do it for free. Yeah, you do it for um, a portfolio, right? I
3: had no idea. Yeah,
1: so you kind of want to, you know, it's, but it's, um, you have to do it. There's a reason that, you know.
4: Sure.
1: Mario Testino and Annie Leibovitz and the biggest yeah. photographers, I mean, I'm sure, you know, their vote has some budget. You sure. Know. But they personally aren't getting any kind of payday. It's all right. um, a promotion and just right. to stay fresh, to stay relevant. Just kind of like how music videos are, you know, um, try cool things and right. build your brand. And, you know, hopefully that leads to so some kind of commercial or film work, you know.
3: Right. So, well, let's mm-hmm. say you're, like, running this as, like, your business. How do you know? Because I could imagine doing projects like that. You're like, okay, I've done these. I've built a portfolio. But... I'm still not getting paid work or because, you know, you've sort of mm-hmm. been like working on building your portfolio. Yeah, How do you I mean, like, ph- manage?
1: Photography's a is a tough game. Yeah. You know. It's it's a it's a, it's, a, it's a tough game and you know, it's a, a frustrating game. I mean, professionally, you know, because you think uh, oh, it could just happen so fast that I'll just get campaigns and mm-hmm. make so much money. But it's something you really have to keep with you got yeah. just you gotta just keep pushing forward keep defining your style keep marketing yourself keep getting yourself out there and I think if you do that and the right people see it you start to get the opportunities but it is definitely something you need to like stay in the game mm-hmm. for it's you, you know similar to I'm sure musicians you know right. it's like yeah. Absolutely.
2: models actors creative arts you know yeah yeah and there's this there's this balance right because you know as Cassie's saying you you know you, you can't just work for free, yeah. right? But you got to work, right? right? And if, if no one's hiring you, you still got to work. You got to right. stay relevant. Right. You got to stay dialed in. Yeah. You got to keep, you know, you can't network with last year's projects, right? You got to keep right. showing people right. what yeah. you're doing, and and I'm sure that's there's challenges there. So when you talk about marketing yourself, what what have you found that works the best?
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Well. I try and stay relevant
1: with you know kind of kind of a email blast a few times a year. We'll send out cards to you know the relevant photo mm-hmm. editors and um, art buyers and creative directors and art directors, you know the ones that that I think I'd be right for yeah um, so we try and stay in, you know stay in touch with them, fresh work um. Yeah you know as I guess you get more known people start to you know know about you mm-hmm. a little bit more but um it's still a thing you're kind of only as good as your last project like what have you right. been up to kind of thing because mm-hmm. there's you know probably some pretty big people that you know go quiet just like actors it's like wait where's that right. dude been for,
2: for right. four right. years right right. you know what's funny is it feels like some people that works really well for some people yeah. Kind of disappear and then like there's a mystique about them yeah. and other people that doesn't work at all image. right now. Oh yeah. I always it, wonder like is there a it is, is there a it science is, to that? It is
1: well, it's definitely not for everybody. I mean, I've seen so many people try and you know do the the art thing or the photo thing and they're like you know it's it's, it's not in them. They need to go get a regular job with health right. insurance and a four hundred one k. Yeah, phone, okay, <laughs> yeah you sure. know? No, it's and, tough, and, yeah. And I think for someone like me, like it's it's just in me. It's mm-hmm. what I have to do. It's what yeah. I have to drive for. And you know. um there's been lots of pain my due. it's it's been not a easy road, but like i said i I stay um driven by constantly shooting uh personal work, and you know thank God the hustle's been paying off like i work I work a lot right. so um I'm really blessed to like get the opportunities and the people I get mm-hmm. to work with now because it's such an exciting time of right what I get to do yeah why,
3: why do you get so much work
1: I think I've uh, maybe all that marketing paid off mm.
3: <laughs> no, but there is there anything specific you feel like is your philosophy and you have to do it with every project or every person you come in contact with because you know for us like a lot of our business comes from mostly word-of-mouth you know like if mm-hmm. we do a really good project with a client then mm-hmm. yeah. sure enough they become like an advocate for rebel right so is that the case with you? Well, I
1: mean it's an ever expanding client base, and the, you know the kind of the beauty of freelance life is you know so many different kinds of projects yeah can come up, so I'm not stuck to like I'm just shooting mayonnaise jars for a mayonnaise company right you know I shoot um, tons of fashion projects for for mm-hmm. fashion brands, mm-hmm. you know yeah um, I shoot portraits of people I find interesting which end up in the upcoming art show I think we're going to talk about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, music is, uh, it's always amazing to get, like, a kind of iconic rock star mm-hmm. music person in your book. It's definitely not a payday, but, like, the cachet of it sure. is of is everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I love shooting
2: uh, music people. I don't shoot as much music anymore, but... Um, what was the first, like, big... Big artists that you shot.
1: I've done a lot of work with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of uh, my era of Hollywood. I came up; I was a youngster and and met Flea and Anthony, and they always had about five or six years on me, so I was kind of the youngster. And Uh um, how'd you meet those guys? Through the music scene at the time, and you know, I you know, I literally got kicked out of my mom's house at 17 years old. And ended, <laughs> it's, and ended up on a couch in Hollywood and yeah. was with that band, Mary's Danish, and they yeah. were like tight homies with the chili peppers. And funny that was that era, man, of like, and they all had like five years on me, so I was like the youngster that they, right. you know, kind of, there's Jeff, you know? Yeah.
4: yeah.
1: Um, so I, you know, kind of got that inside scoop of like all the cool shows and that kind of era of, of, of Hollywood, yeah. and, and I was that kid with the camera.
2: You guys don't know how much work it is to put this show together every week. We love it, but it's a lot of work. And so it's really nice when we get some love and support from our sponsors. We just started getting sponsors. The first one was Casper Mattresses. They're not only supporting the Rebel Radio Show, but they also make a very comfortable bed. That will help you get a good night's sleep, which is important if you're trying to build a business, record an album, get your career, your life going. You need some sleep. So go get a Casper mattress. They're engineered for comfort, to help you get a good night's sleep. They make sheets and pillows, so you can uh, match your whole set. They deliver it free to your house. They give you 100 nights to test it out, They'll pick it up if you don't like it, but I think you will. And it's also been named one of the best inventions of 2015 by Time Magazine. So that right there, that and sponsoring Rebel Radio, that's two major accomplishments that they've come up with. And right now, you can use our special code at Casper.com. Use the code RADIO for $50 towards the purchase of your mattress. That's Casper.com, code RADIO, for $50 off for fans of Rebel Radio. Casper.com, terms and conditions apply. Yeah. So wait, okay, we skipped over something I want to I hear about. <laughs> um, uh, just because you know, I'm fascinated with these these transitions that we make in our lives, yeah. right? So, so it's not like you know, early days you're into hip hop. And well, I say hip hop, I definitely you know, that old KDAY
1: like yeah. hip hop for a starting, but I loved um, you know all kinds of music, yeah, you sure. know, ska music, the specials. Um, punk rock circle jerks and you know the weirdos and all that stuff you know i was definitely into all that and you know um i wasn't afraid of like the beatles or some classic shit too Mm -hmm. you know so yeah Yeah. um you know like i said i wasn't like full hip-hop right sure full punk rock i was kind of like a chameleon i guess i kind of absorbed all cultures which i think is kind of a good thing yeah absolutely in life so i didn't like have the mohawk and i didn't you know Mm -hmm. have a clock with the necklace around but i was kind (laughs) of down with everybody Mm -hmm. you know and i think like the chili peppers man they kind of come from that culture where like you know funk
2: and hip-hop and rock and uh, you know and it just kind of brings it all out yeah it's interesting because you know we tend to think of genres in these kind of exclusionary terms right and 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 that's true to some extent right like you know i definitely had friends that like, they only listen to hip-hop and, you know. Right. Everything else was, you know, shit, right? Right. <laughs> um, but that's kind of the minority. Yeah. That's sort of your core, right? Yeah. But then there's a, a lot of us that I think, you know, like I said, you might have gravitated one way or the other, but you're yeah. exposed to all of it. You can enjoy all yeah. of it.
1: The one thing I hated was, was Sunset Strip Metal. I was just never down sure. there. It just was never, you know, it was just never my thing. Yeah. I, I took pride in there was a... The, remember the rock club Gazaris? I took yeah. pride. I was like, I never went to the Gazaris. <laughs> it was
2: like anti rainbow, right? Yeah. You know, well, yeah, because. I'm not anti, but you no, know, it yeah. wasn't
1: my thing. But those, know?
2: I mean, you know, that was like a different sensibility. Yeah. Right. Whereas we could spend all day, t- there's yeah, a lot yeah. of parallels between rock and hip, or between punk and hip hop, Yeah. specifically between, yeah. you know, the, the alternative stuff, the early 90s Yeah. and hip hop. And like, there's a lot of that connection. Um, and a lot of it was like the anti right sunset strip kind of thing right right right, right. Um that sort of establishment music mm-hmm. so yeah i i get it um but like stuff that had integrity
1: like going back to like when they said sent me jewel it was like you know it was like totally different from where i right. came from i was like right. this is
2: beautiful and yeah. amazing you know yeah. yeah so didn't hurt to see her too i'm sure she's i mean i've I've seen her, I've been in the same room with her. She's mm-hmm. one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen. She's a very special soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love totally. her. So, um, you know, obviously it sounds like you were really influenced by music early on. Mm-hmm. Were there photographers that were kind of influencing you in the same way? I know, I, you know, I took photography in high school mm-hmm. and, like, I was, like, obsessed with Ansel Adams. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not even sure why because, right. you know, he shot stuff that I'm not particularly into, but I just right. got all about right. like Like, did you have that kind of thing well I'd I'd definitely say I have my my heroes you know Richard
1: Avedon being a key hero and and, uh, all the work Peter Lindbergh's been doing over all the years and um, the very first company I directed for um, Herb Ritz Mm. was also at that company and he was you know I definitely gravitated towards that the people that were uh known photographers making beautiful images and then they were also doing motion film and like Stefan Sidney mm. I'm sorry, he did the first that Chili Peppers give it away video yeah. but brilliant photographer mm-hmm. um, like I said Herb Ritz um, the other company I was with was a guy Jean-Baptiste Mondino who's uh-huh. kind of a legendary photographer mm-hmm. and, and director yeah. and I was like you know, as far as being like a youngster and influence, I was like I want what they got mm-hmm. do you know what I mean I want both careers. I right. want to be the director and the photographer. Yeah. Um, How did you know, and I think so many things I see now, like, you know, people that are photographers are like, Oh, I'm a director too but it's like I don't know if they've truly gotten out there on a big set. Like it is right. a completely different world and I and I got that almost harsh reality, so in these 90s, when it was like, you know, I have those number one MTV videos, I was like, oh, I could just do the photography thing, like, professionally, get huge gigs, like, so easy. Right. And it's a completely different world. Mm. Completely. Really? You know, it's a whole different set of, like, art buyers and creative directors yeah. mm. that deal with photographers. Right. This building the portfolio thing, building the brand in that world. Because the still frame, you know, still moment is, is um, it's just much different than than the motion world. Yes, you're creating images, but as far as, like, you know, um, being hired professionally, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a different game, is it a different skill set? I think so, yeah. definitely, definitely, because it's something where, um, it's all your eye, it's all your communication, the intimacy you build with the person or the scene you're creating, right? Yeah, um, where you know, um, directors, um, if you have a good team and a good set, there's so many people involved, and I would say. I learned so much from that working with great cinematographers, Mm -hmm. you know, going back to my like trial and error kind of thing to, I learned so much about light directing music videos Mm -hmm. because I got to work with some of these greatest cinematographers because you're on the job, you could hire them and they become your friends and you do jobs so to to see what happens with light, Um, you know, but with motion film it's always, you know, um, uh, continuous light Mm -hmm. and then, you know, Working with photography and strobes and this—it's that's a whole technically, it's a whole different thing. So, right. um.
3: mm. how does that um, how does that change you when you're, you know, you haven't met these kind of photographers or directors before, but you've imagined meeting them, and now you're like on set working with them and kind of having coffee with them, maybe eating at the craft services table. But how does that how does that change you?
1: What working with like yeah. dr- cinematographers or like these
3: big, you know, these big name photographers and directors?
1: Well, I wouldn't so much be on set with them because I'd have my own set. Mm-hmm. But w- what it, um, we would be at the same company, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it'd be a lot of times of just like kind of like um, wrapping out at the office, and I think there's kind of a artist camaraderie, mm-hmm. you know, unless it's some asshole that thinks he's too special. But mm-hmm. most yeah. great great artists I've met are pretty with yeah. Um, helping others you know there's a company called Palomar Pictures one of my first companies and a director named Gore Verbinski who went on to do um, all the what's the Johnny Depp one with the Pirates mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Pirates Caribbean uh, yeah kind of yeah. like the, the trillion dollar <laughs> right. yeah. so I mean he went on to do all those yeah. I mean amazing director and um, he definitely had some years on me I was definitely the youngster and I would bounce ideas, like what do you think, like how exactly, if I wanted to try this idea, take the time, you know? And mm-hmm. from that company, I got wooed over to um, Ridley Scott's company, because then I guess I was kind of, you know, hot, young video guy, and I was the heir of like, Spike Jones was doing tons of videos, mm-hmm. and Dante Ariola, and mm-hmm. um, so I got swooped over to uh, Ridley Scott's company, and um, which was, you know, kind of huge for me at the time to be around that caliber. Course of talent and um, you know, such a amazing area and same thing, like I'd go in the conference room and literally it'd be like production designer with huge um, replica sets for that movie gladiator, which you know what I mean like, yeah I was like, I mean, I'm still like a kid that's like impressed, really impressed like and like, holy shit, how'd I even get in this room? Right. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. the kid that got like kicked out of my mom's house when I was 17 and on a couch in Hollywood and you know what yeah. I mean? Like, um, so I do, I still, even now, all these years later, I I like giggle at some of the situations yeah. I get in. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't take it for granted. Right. I think,
2: um, you know, it could all vanish. Right, you sure. Know? No, <laughs> yeah, I, how do you How do you stay in touch with that? I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I can relate to that sometimes, just marveling at whatever room I'm in, that right? why are these people talking to me, you know? <laughs> um, but you know, uh, but they are. For yeah. a reason, yeah. right? And you, you, Yeah, like
1: me being here right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I used to hit that bar across the street, man. You know, like, <laughs> <That's> exactly. <funny.
2: laughs> <It's> just a <laughs> youngster
1: knucklehead around here. For yeah. sure. I'm up here in this fancy studio with you guys.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, how, how do you reconcile that, right? Like, you know, I guess on the one hand, like that, that innocence is kind of important mm-hmm. to hang on to. Yeah. On the other hand, you know, it can, speaking myself it it can kind of inhibit your your confidence in some ways Mm -hmm. right because you 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 know you have earned a seat at whatever table you happen to be at Mm -hmm. Um, is that a conscious thing for you do you think about that or does it just sort of happen
1: Um, I mean I I don't like I said I don't really take it for granted and I kind of stay um, excited for the people I'll meet, yeah. you know, and I think even, like, people know that are pretty damn famous, man, they go through the same thing. I remember yeah. talking to somebody I knew that literally was nominated for an Academy Award, and he had that kind of artist doubt of, like, dude, like, people are going to find out, like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Sure. And here, I'm thinking, I'm like, dude, you're nominated for an Academy that's I'm not going right. to say the <laughs> name, but, like... Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, literally, it's just someone that's yep. nominated for an Academy Award, like, one of the top actors, you know, and so I think there's it's just... it's. It's an artist thing that yeah. that there's that there's yeah. th- th- there could be self doubt, but yeah. um, you know you have to kind of battle that with your confidence and you know. Um,
3: yeah, because it's like your your visions and stuff. It's like not there's no formula. Like when you get these epiphanies or these moments, they just come right. out of nowhere. Right. I heard Elizabeth Gilbert like tell a story about like a woman who is on a farm and she was like. <laughs> she was a writer and she was like working and then she had this like bolt of lightning hit her head and it was like this idea and she ran inside to write it down but Mm -hmm. like you can't plan those things and she's a true artist so Mm -hmm. it's like you're kind of subject to those moments so it is i could understand why it could be a roller coaster yeah
1: i used to always have a uh notepad and a pen now I'm kind of getting down with my notes on my iPhone Uh (laughs) because it's true like some like idea of like I have to create that I gotta shoot that Right. and it might be a while down the line but I kind of have my endless thread of uh,
3: yeah you don't it's crazy Malcolm Gladwell talks about like when he used to ask the athletes like how did you how did you do that thing that you did and sometimes they don't know it's like Mm -hmm. muscle memory or whatever but as an artist I can only imagine like everything you experience and see goes into this bank that Mm -hmm. later then becomes something else you know it goes
1: into your yeah your arsenal right yeah
3: Yeah. (laughs)
2: totally (laughs) you know you kind of uh sounds like there's like a I don't know you make it sound really easy (laughs) right like you know, I'm a Get kid out there
3: shoot. and shoot,
2: <laughs> and you know I'm hanging out with Mary's Danish, and then next thing you know I'm shooting the Chili Peppers, The next uh-huh. thing you know I got a number one video, uh-huh. right? And and I know it's not that easy, right? Obviously, but what? So what are some of the the, you know, failures or, or obstacles? You know, give us something that you know that you're like I, you know, I, I'm going to have to overcome this.
1: Yeah, well, I'd say. um yeah there's so much rejection yeah that you know I mean last week we bid on this huge because I also I direct commercials right um, quite a bit, and I spent like seventy two straight hours putting together this like forty two page pitch, you know we you know pulling images and writing the words and putting together this just beautiful presentation, but I'm bidding against three other directors, right you know. Yeah, and it wasn't the most creative job of all time, but I put mm-hmm. my heart and soul into it because anytime, yeah. you want to it work. doesn't matter what it is. Like if if I commit to a project, like they're gonna they're getting all of me. Yeah, you know what I mean, like I'm not just yeah. gonna half play it. Um, so put this huge presentation. Of course, then there's like producers doing all the bids and all this stuff and the phone calls with the producers and da 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 da. Didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that was yeah. just last week. I actually wouldn't have been able to do this radio show because i been in yeah, Pittsburgh shooting
2: either. a commercial right now. Right. Um, but well, in that case, we're sorry you're here. Yeah. Yeah. But there's been
1: so that's like up to now. Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, there's been a saying, and you know, say what you. Will. I'm not religious at all, but there's a thing of rejection is God's protection. Mm. So um yeah I've, I've overused that one mm-hmm. you know <laughs> yeah. but it's helped me a lot yeah you know, i mean yeah. god yeah. whether it's the ocean whatever Everything but i like sure. you know what i mean right. not to get all you know spiritual on you guys but no you know, i like it it's definitely good it. no but we there love is, it. but there's so much you know yeah um like god damn i didn't get it but then i i've always been an optimist i mean where one door closes another opens i'm also yeah. been uh, a realist where like you know i didn't try and get into some uh lifestyle that i couldn't afford you right. know there's always that artist thing that like all hell breaks loose like i'm eating you know haitian food with lady t in our little compound you know yeah. what i mean and we're good and we're happy and we're you know what i mean like yeah it's not about the money you know is it's there um yeah i
2: mean obviously there's a lot of temptation for that i don't know you know but you're you're in the middle of hollywood hanging out with rock stars right yeah there's a, there's a lot of shit to buy and right, right. you know those those lifestyle up, choices right. can can kind of creep up on you right um have you had moments of thinking about that? Like I mean, like I, I don't know. I
1: think just where I came from, I just never bit into that whole part of Hollywood. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. come from I don't come from money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I'm the youngest of three kids um, Right. single mom that was a teacher her entire life. Wow. Mm-hmm. There's no Hollywood nepotism in my family. Like I, you know, found my own way. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was nothing handed to me. Nothing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So when I was broke, I was straight up broke. There was no one to ask money for. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's yeah. like this is this is broke. Yeah, you know.
2: What I, mean? I, you know <laughs> <laughs> I was I was just listening this morning to, to uh, this comic Gerard Carmichael uh-huh. on uh, Mark Maron. And yeah. he was talking about it. He moved to L.A. and he was living, you know, four people in a studio. Yeah, sleeping on the floor and not a dollar to his name. And you know that you, your story might be different, but yeah. you know, I wonder like how important. Is that phase mm-hmm. to keeping people grounded and I, I think it's honestly it's it's
1: huge. Yeah, you know I mean of course there's always going to be the people that get it handed to them. Sure. You know, and um, even this thing I saw. I mean, God bless the kid, but um, was it? The David Beckham's kid, sixteen years old, yeah. just got to shoot the uh, Burberry campaign. Is that right? I didn't see that. Yeah. I mean, you know Sure, of course. God bless him, he's a Beckham right. and you know, I mean, maybe it, it's kinda perfect, you know what I mean? Like makes yeah. sense for them. He's like, yeah, you yeah. know, the hot British kid and yeah. they'll put him with the perfect team to mm-hmm. shoot the perfect model. Right. But you know, there was no dues paid. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, and you know, similar thing. Sometimes you know, there's a musician that just pops off, gets that number one thing right off their, their first their right. first go at it.
4: Yeah.
2: But then they fade. So you young kids coming up have david beckham as your father (laughs) and then it's all good
4: right
2: then you don't need the uh rebel radio show to teach you how to be successful right (laughs) um no but i think i think paying your dues
1: is 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 huge and you know i mean everybody comes from different resources and you know but I, i i still think it's you know to pound the pavement to um to go through some rejections. Yeah,
3: build some character. And then
1: build some character, man. You know, I think, you know, sometimes maybe that could kind of uh turn someone into you know, just kind of an egomaniac if it's like I've seen too many people come through Hollywood and just kind of think they're the shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, "Later, dude." You know. Yeah. yeah. And I've, also I've they're not real and also like people I, you know, pretty much the people I've worked with and like to shoot are all pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we all get along. Um you know, but when you, you know, hear about these people that just kind of Hollywood fucking goes to their head, you know, and it's like, right. I guess for as I'm from
2: here, I just kind of laugh. I'm like, okay, dude, you know?
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I've definitely seen that and I always feel like the, the signal to me is like people, you know, thinking something's beneath them. Right. They're like the minute you think that you're just kind of, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah life's gonna suck
2: yeah I mean
1: one of my favorite projects of last year was you know I just took a just me and this model Sarah Cummings who's just such a just special Americana face mm. just me and her drove out to these little secret spots in the desert I know and no hair no makeup no assistance bouncing light just me and her as natural as it gets and I just did it for the, the labor of love yeah, yeah you know I knew she's a great face so I can use that in my portfolio and that kind of stuff but that photo just came out as a, that shoot one was used um, for the leather company we she was in this dope leather jacket um, for this Swedish um, leather company called Deadwood mm. they used it um, they wanted to use one of the pictures for a full street campaign all across Stockholm yeah, you yeah. Know.
3: it's amazing how it pays off. And
1: like that. the shoot just came out in an awesome new magazine called Damaged Goods. Did it open the whole magazine up as a 16 page spread oh, cool. from this shoot? Wow. Let me
2: check so, that
1: out. you know, I just went out there for the labor of love and right. the art show I have coming up. You know, it's one of the key images. And another photo from that shoot was my one of my promos, which I sent to the entire industry to right. get no work. So, right. yeah. There was no entourage, and, you know I mean, I've done shoots with I mean a hundred people working sure. with me, you yeah. know what I mean this is just me and her, and I think there is a kind of um so goes back to like, oh, if I was too good to go just go do this thing for free, right, I wouldn't have got all that yeah right,
2: you know absolutely
3: Amazing. so uh I want to leave time for the show
2: yes, yeah, absolutely I, w- I want to talk about the show um uh I have one more question before we get to that, just you know you talk about um. You know, Mary's Danish is a band that very few of us have <laughs> heard of. I remember I had some friends that worked with them. Uh, did you know Roy Campanella?
1: Yes. So he's yes, I remember. He an
2: old friend of mine, the yeah. grandson of the, basketball, the, of the baseball right. player. That's right, that's right, that's um, right. And uh, anyway, he he had done some stuff with Mary's Danish, which is kind of the only way I know about uh-huh. them, other than maybe just being around L.A. But... You know, and Justin, same thing, is not famous, but he was really influential to a lot of people. And, you know, we had Adam 12 on the show. Okay. um, And, you know, I think a lot of people have been touched by Justin and his music Mm -hmm. and really just showing people that they could make something different than the sort of mainstream hip-hop at the time. And so... You know, I, I guess I'm wondering about that role of the kind of like non-famous influencer. Mm-hmm. You know, we, there's so much talk about influencers now. And it's, mm-hmm. You know, and the Kardashians are kind of like the, the. you know, the the poster for right, that, right? right. Um, which is this idea that you know everybody knows you, and every piece of, you know, everything you say or content you put out like gets attention, a lot of attention, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And yet there are these people in music i imagine in in photography because photographers tend to be less famous Mm -hmm. you know we could you know guys like me can name like four four or five really famous photographers right right um so you know how how important is that and and how uh damn i don't even know what the question is but you know wondering just about that that role you know of, of influencers
3: like is that a goal of his to ever reach? Sure
2: is that that's what you're a asking? question. Like, no, but but uh but maybe let's ask that. Like what how of like the if the one's not as known? Yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't imagine it's your goal to not be super known, but yeah. I think like
3: um how important is it to be known in the industry versus the public?
2: Yeah, sure. Well, I don't. It's such a
1: funny time right now because like, you know, this whole kind of Instagram culture and yeah. all that. Like, you know, I'll come across someone like I've never personally <laughs> fucking heard of, and there's like right. eight million people, right. some, you know, yeah, and you're just like London model actor. I'm like, who? Like, uh-huh. eight million people, tons of photographers. I'd never heard of them. Like, have, what do you mean, like 350,000 people shooting, right. like, you know. A road trip with their girlfriend in right in right like, in alaska or something I'm yeah like, i follow be- some of those beautiful pictures you yeah know? yeah I mean, I beautiful right um you know and mine's only like four thousand. i i'm like damn i've shot some like legit shit. Right. <laughs> no i mean <laughs> so, that's... so i don't know how much like um uh, uh sway i have in kind of like like that social media world i mean yeah. that, maybe it'll grow but like does, it doesn't I'm, I'm matter. Le-
3: but it doesn't matter to people like you know who are established in the industry, right. or does it matter? Like to have that social.
1: I don't know. I identity. think it's a, it's a changing time. I mean,
3: mm-hmm.
1: I'll let, you know, the jobs I shoot like promote it, put them on billboards or TV or right. magazines, and I think it probably gets a lot more exposure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Um, in the face of people on the street right. actually seeing my work, and obviously. It's not about that but you want your stuff. Who doesn't want you want your stuff to be seen? So yeah. why yeah. you're doing it. I mean that's why I'm doing you know, an art show and you know, yeah. I want my stuff to be seen, but I do it for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I always do it for me. And um I think like the people that uh know about me, um like I said I it's it's not just like the masses. I think it's kind of I don't know, like the right people. Yeah, sure. Do you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Like, sure. So, Wait, so, people, so I imagine a lot you're because the thing about Instagram is that, I mean, again, people call them influencers, but really they're photographers. Like everyone on Instagram right. is a photographer, right. otherwise you're not they're, on Instagram, otherwise you're on Twitter. They're laying out images. Right. Yeah. And so, um, uh, you know, and we've heard about the, you know, guys that have a million followers that can then get hired to do a brand campaign yeah right whether it's as a model or I don't know how much it's happening as a photographer
4: mm-hmm.
2: that those people are getting hired um, does that change the game for you in terms of like I, how much do you think about sort of competition in that sense?
1: I don't know, I think I've just kind of had my own my own ship, yeah, I'm definitely on there, and I sure like it. I have fun with it. I put behind the scenes moments, and yeah, what's funny is when I put some kind of like polished like you know the actual shot that was in the magazine—it's like right. way less likes than yeah. like the behind-the-scenes shot. Yeah. So, it, which goes back to a lot of these jobs I work on now, you know, with with clients. You know, I mean, mainstream jobs. It's it's a changing culture where you know the keywords are always like authentic, human. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's always human. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because it's true. People see yeah. through things now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which right. In a way, it's kind of awesome, but it's a, it's a different time where things before it can maybe be a lot more kind of art directed and stuff and now they, people are looking for real moments i mean mm-hmm. i did this job where i went to 12 co- or 11 countries for facebook mm-hmm. yeah facebook hired me to go around the entire world right and um yeah the keyword just a human yeah Real. Yeah. yeah that's what i like about team over there just like rebel punk rock oh like, yeah <laughs> they let me be like iggy pop i mean honestly for such a huge band they are awesome and like they just let me go for it even I couldn't believe it I was like I love them yeah and it shows in the pictures because I mean that's their whole branding is just like you know unleashed don't give a fuck right break contracts kick down the walls (laughs) yeah that's awesome
2: (laughs) so let's talk about this new project um so it's it's uh tell us what's the name of the show it's called endorsement okay the photos uh the unseen Cobain
1: photos okay And so this was really uh, a unique project. I I always shoot people for the most part. I mean, I create images. But I got this call eight years ago from a friend that worked for the estate of Kurt Cobain. And they said they're putting together a book um, and a different kind of book, not just, um, you know, all music photos, but a a real insight into Kurt Cobain. And they wanted to go to where um, basically the vault of yeah. Kurt Cobain and basically shoot some of his most personal belongings and mementos and stuff, and which is very different for me because, like, this is let's bring life to a, a still life, right. you know. Um, Kurt's converse, the actual heart-shaped boxes, you know. Yeah. So we went down there, um, which is this really high-security place in Compton, of all places. But oh, lit- wow. literally, you pull on the street, and there's, like, Lloyd's of uh, London like security cameras on you, it's a place where, like, the biggest art that comes to, like, Getty and MoMA and Mocha, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, stored, it's there. stored there. It's, like, really? it's pretty, yeah, it's, like,
2: nondescript. but it's, We have it, a lot of art thieves that listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 it's so somewhere in gonna, Compton. Gonna, yeah, email uh, Jeff Moore if you want to know it's the address.
1: somewhere in Compton. Um, but so we first go down to kind of a walkthrough. Um, and, of course, I want to do the project because it's fascinating. I mean, um, yeah. fascinating to anything to do with, Kurt Cobain and yeah. the legend, and the mythology. Mm-hmm. And had you worked you know,
2: with with him or with Nirvana? I, I had.
1: Um, I never got to shoot Nirvana besides some live shots at Cow Palace in oh, like cool. 1991, where they opened up for the Chili Peppers. Awesome. Oh, amazing! And I was literally on stage and with my Venice homie and um, yeah, right downstage. I mean, Nirvana was something special. Yeah. it was just, a, just it was just an explosion the yeah. entire the entire time. But Kurt was definitely. Um, you know, he wasn't out like shooting the shit with people after the show. He sure. was definitely personal and in his own kind of world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just kind of a kid that got a backstage pass, really. Um, but I got some pictures of them just smashing instruments and my friend Lefty doing a flying stage dive in front of 16,000 people. And, you know, I was always there with my camera. And the funny thing, I put up one of those pictures on like IG or something. And of course, then it got picked up by like all these Nirvana fans. And um, right. someone had. I guess Googled the date of the because I didn't even remember the show. It was like Cal Palace. I don't know 91, 92, right. But of course, you know, I mean, internet now. They're like that yeah. oh, was the Cal Palace show, nineteen ninety one, New Year's Eve. And we went to YouTube. Somebody sent a link to YouTube, and a guy standing right next to me was videotaping it. But this is like no nineteen ninety one videotape. Yeah. Sure, look great. Right. And, and, and like literally, right when Nirvana's, it's the encore, and they're smashing their instruments. You see me step in. Oh no man, it's so crazy. It's so weird. Yeah, it's so crazy. Snap the picture. And, um, yeah, it's wow. such a trip. like everything is kind of like geotagged and yeah database. Yeah. but Absolutely. for that moment, there was literally a dude next to me filming it, it was kind of a trip. So yeah, I mean, I love Nirvana. I'm a huge fan. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you know, I also um, a lot of friends have tried to help Kurt. and uh-huh. you yeah. know, I kind of related in a lot to his, you know, darkness. Sure. You know, because I got my own story of overcoming a lot of similar things. Mm-hmm. Um. But no, I never got to meet him personally. But it, what a fascinating call to get to like right. let's let's Absolutely. open up the that let's open up the you know to shoot for this book. Yeah, nineteen. Why do you think they called you? Um, I'm sure anybody. I would would say, you know, relationships or, you know, it's a very kind of, you know, um, I guess my friend that worked for the estate wanted someone that they could trust. And, you know, I don't think they put it out to a lot of like photo agencies and stuff. I think it was kind of a direct call that like, do you want to do this? Mm -hmm. You'd be right for this. Um, so w- so we first went down there and we kind of just like saw what was there and it was it was fascinating um, because in this this you know art pack security place is basically like two huge shelves similar to like you know to a storage unit really mm-hmm. but what's there is like lines of guitar cases and then like rows of paintings which you know we didn't shoot that stuff but this art these paintings of Kurt Cobain is some of the most brilliant stuff I've, I've ever seen. That could, you know, and I'm sure the estate is gonna roll with this. It, yeah. should, it should be a museums traveling mm-hmm. around the world. Yeah. Right? It's so beautiful, his, his paintings. And mm-hmm. that tapped me into like, this is, we're exposing more of Kurt, the artist. I mean, people know him from the songs and stuff. Mm-hmm. But right. So I love the concept of the book. And, and um, so we went through and um, opened up containers of different things, you know, so, like I said, it's much of a storage unit, which in a way was kind of sad because, you know, here's like, you know, the legend of his, his music and his stuff and it's so much reach, And but all yeah. said and done, it was these two s- two storage unit shelves yeah. filled sure. with tubs and cases and just like, you know, if our stuff was in a storage unit, you know? Yeah. Right. But inside those were the last demos and recordings of Kurt Cobain. Wow. All the journals, Yeah. every single, <coughs> almost everything Kurt Cobain had, he wrote on and wrote words and poems and like, mm-hmm. I mean, this. Special, a special soul. So, we we sorted through everything, you know, that that we wanted to shoot, and then we worked it out to get it transported to a photo studio to, so I could create it how I create it, mm-hmm. um which was a whole thing. And I'd be like, you know, specially delivered and security, and mm-hmm. literally at the shoot the whole time. Like yeah. sometimes when you shoot a big celebrity, you'll get like some, you know, ten million dollar diamond, and you got to have a dude there. You know I mean, yeah. So it was like, sure. <laughs> I mean, totally different, but you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, it was, it's, the stuff is, is priceless. Yeah. And um, so we got it down to a photo studio in downtown LA, and we basically had, you know, a 10-hour shoot to create, I think it turned out to be about 40 different things we were shooting. So if you know anything about photography, that's a busy day. Huh? Yes.
3: Huge.
1: You know, because, um, uh, Yeah, all
2: the lighting, set-ups. Sets. Yeah,
1: and like, uh yeah creating the sets out of his stuff. So whether yeah. it was like this weird marionette thing that he collected that, mm. you know, he, um, so kind of like bringing life to that. And it was, like I said, it was, it's different for me cause I shoot people, things right. alive. Yeah. And, but in one way I was like, this is awesome. They don't talk back, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I can no, just move no them no easily. Bathroom breaks. Yeah, no bathroom breaks, no drama, right. no publicist standing over there. Um, oh, that's fine. but it was fascinating to kind of break out, um, one thing at a time and um, you know whether it was his guitars or you know I mean the actual shoes that he wore and, yeah. it's, and it's weird and I'm not going to say spooky but you know I mean it's it's different right like yeah. this is like it's crazy you know you're not going to go through my storage unit and you, you know it's not going to be that much attention so right like <laughs> yeah I mean it's, it's because it was Kurt Cobain and you know it's one thing photography um, is access you right. know yeah. um, you mm-hmm. know it, whether you're you know if you if your game is trying to shoot like celebrities or known people you got to have access right. to them and whether your game is shooting a beautiful sunset you got to have access to that right place to get the shot right. but so this was um a thing where no one else was going to get this access so it was yeah. Yeah. it was kind of amazing opportunity let alone i mean there's permanence in a book printed page i'm always I'm all about the printed page sure um, so um it was it was a great team from the book company that um, we shot it with and our friend Ava from the estate that actually brought me on. Uh-huh. Um, and the book came out, um, and like I said, it was it's actually out of print, I oh, found wow. out, because we wanted to get like 50 of them for the show. It's out of print. I've never quite seen a book this um, well put together, because they would have like, and it's not just my photos. It's lots of pictures of young Kurt. uh uh-huh nirvana shots and yeah. it's kind of a full-scale look at kurt as the person as the artist um but these really played a huge part i think about 40 pages 50 pages of the book were my pictures mm-hmm. um so that's what we're showing mm-hmm. um the book came out 2008 um yeah. big success you yeah. know it just went around all around the world and i think mm-hmm. you know especially uh, art and nirvana fans you know why is the show now it was always something I talk about, even when we were shooting it, I was like talking with the, the person who brought me on. I was like, these would be amazing on a gallery wall, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, and it's just something that was, was kind of the back burner. I mean, yeah. I shoot so much um, sure. commercially and um, last year I was a part of a, a benefit for the uh, Fleas Music Foundation, the Silver Lake Conservatory of Music. Mm-hmm. and one of the other fellow artists Dana Louise Kirkpatrick who's a good friend and amazing artist she's represented by um, KM Fine Arts mm-hmm. on La Cienega and the conversation came up of well me me like I, I was like I should do more art stuff I like this art thing yeah. you know done lots of kind of um, benefits or um, some group shows I did right. a thing with Alex Prager actually down the street here that the Lucy Foundation did it was a mm-hmm. big kind of amazing show um, but I'd never done a solo gallery show um, so the conversation came up with um, Anna Hollinger who's the gallery director at, at KM um, about these Cobain pictures and I really my first idea was like no I want to do a show with all my black and white moments right. my view of LA my portraits of Norman Reedus in 1996 you know what I mean like yeah. but we started talking about it and we're like what a fascinating show this would be you mm-hmm. know going back to like I always knew it would be a amazing show and then it's like I don't want these things to just sit on my hard drive Yeah. you know like I want to make big fine art prints of them and yeah. and show them mm-hmm. yeah. and when we started printing them it was really just like holy shit like mm-hmm. it just because once you th- then you put it at a fine art level mm-hmm. and you see it like big I'm doing like some six foot prints and oh, uh, wow. um, yeah, that's big. working with um, uh, this guy uh well, Contact Photo Lab downtown is one of the Chris... Mc, uh, Jesus, nothing. Chris at Contact. <laughs> um, really the, the greatest printer yeah. in Los Angeles. Right. Um, so we worked really, really hard to put together some really beautiful fine art versions of these. And um, it's awesome. They were in the book. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. they're going to be on the wall. And it's a, it's a huge selection. Um, doing about... 27 prints of the Cobain stuff and going back to like well that's not my normal style Anna the, I want to show my other stuff the back half of the gallery it's a big gallery Yeah, is my kind of up doing a big cinematic black and white montage of, oh, cool. of 20 other photos nice. so it's kind of a little two for one deal yeah, yeah. Really. <laughs> What what's getting like you know a lot of the talk obviously is the Cobain stuff because it's kind of a special and a unique project yeah, yeah so awesome um, and, yeah, it opens next week. Nice. Yeah,
3: that's going to be awesome.
1: And how how long will it run? It's February 11th, opens to the public, and runs till March 26th. Oh, okay. That's good enough. And, um, yeah, I think anybody should try and get down there yeah. and, and, and see yeah. this stuff. We'll be there. Um, for, sure. for sure. For sure.
3: Can I ask you, for when you're – I work with photographers who shoot a lot of product stuff, you know. Yeah. But this is different, I assume, because there's so much sentimental value in every piece, right? right. And there's, like, a story behind it. How did you prepare yourself to, like, shoot these pieces?
1: Well, I think we kind of, you know, I always kind of, like, sketch out kind of a shot list for the day and kind of, a, I guess, kind of a rough stick figure storyboards of what I want to get across. Um, but we, we had to um, also move fast, because we only got, you know, you get eight hours with this stuff. Because you know, I had to get back to the, right, to the high security storage right. with the dude in the van and the, you know, um, but I mean, kind of like mapped out the, the the shoot day and for what each thing was and what I could bring life to it. Like there was um, uh, these statues, um, these statue sculptures that he collected that I could he kind of like painted over the eyes and like I said he touched everything. Mm. Um, so, like, going in and shooting almost like a portrait I would of, you know, Clint Eastwood or something. You right. know, and Like, yeah. giving life, like, boom to this steel frame object. And, like, the journals, the, the really special things were when we broke out these heart-shaped boxes. Yeah. Because it was like, you know, I mean, I love Nirvana and, you know, that song Heart-Shaped Box. Of course. Mm-hmm. all that yeah. stuff. I and mean, I was like, just like, holy shit, dude, these are the fucking heart-shaped this boxes. The box? yeah. yeah. And we opened this one and inside it was um and apparently kurt and courtney would kind of share this with each other it was kind of part of their thing which is beautiful like their their love story was these heart-shaped boxes um but i think um well this one box we opened and there was like um some, some bunch of leaves and these rosaries um so it was kind of his special box right and there was a piece of the um roman Colosseum, which if you know the history of it um Kurt's last um, time on earth um, he was in Italy and he had overdosed and apparently when he was out there he broke a piece of the Roman Colosseum off oh wow and that was in the heart-shaped box and um, pretty sure that's illegal yeah (laughs) yeah and all these hairs, which is kind of weird. And wow. I think that was part of their <laughs> things. And oh, that's a trip! When you shoot like high res, like Hasselblad Lins and like big reproductions, kind of a trip that like, this Kurt's hairs there yeah. yeah that's too, which is so you know, crazy. It's a little spooky. And you know, um, so it was eight years ago. So that's why I was fully all about the iPod too. So I just had iPod shuffle going uh-huh. mm-hmm. with like a trillion songs. And what do you play? And I just put on like random shuffle, right?
2: Were you listening to Nirvana or it's just No, a we were just a random
1: thing. shuffle. Yeah. I, I literally probably had like only
2: like, you know,
1: maybe one Nirvana record on there or something. Right. Trillion songs. Well not a trillion, but you know what I mean? All of a sudden when we're shooting, you know, some of his most personal stuff, that song Penny Royalty came on. It was just kind of like everybody around the whole crew was just it was a moment. Wow. Yeah,
3: that's so crazy.
1: Yeah, it was a moment. So I mean I would say definitely like on set, we felt kind of
2: touched yeah, yeah. Um, how do how do you uh, like you, you talked about already you're you know you're known for shooting people and that's kind of been your yeah your vision throughout your career and your brand so to speak yeah. so you know how do you then take these inanimate objects and, and infuse you know I imagine a job like this you want to do justice to the material but right. you also want to give it your voice right how do you do both I mean I think I just tried to, um, I, wanted to I wanted to shoot
1: everything um, without distractions. That's why most of it's kind of a white background. I don't want it, anything distracted. I wanted to, and I do the same thing with people for the most part. I like to, which is something I really keyed in from Richard Avedon is, you know, focus on the subject without too much distractions. Um, which doesn't mean I don't like shooting people on location too. Mm -hmm. But, um, for this, I really wanted stuff to stand out and become iconic. Yeah. Um, Give it a life of its own. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say, you know, in one way, it's like, well, this looks p- so simple, but really, it's kind of well thought out of how this stuff was going to be shot. Right. Because, you know, um, it's a million different ways you can shoot something. Sure. So I wanted to like give it as much life and um, personality as for being it in a mat inanimate object. Um, certain things like uh his guitars you know it's like okay it's just a picture like in one way to me it's like like i said it's so different like it's just a fucking guitar Mm -hmm. but it's not it's it's that guitar what it did you know Right. right that you know that we took it out of these cases in this place and brought it to life um and and the one that really got me the most i think was um was the journals because they'd also, that was a big book where they, they published a book of just his journal writings and, um, like going back to just like how priceless this stuff is. It's so we really, I, I spent some time kind of like laying out a lot of like kind of, uh, the right, uh, journal pieces and, um, uh, lyrics that handwritten lyrics and kind of you know kind of i guess created kind of a, a set yeah with with the lyrics and then and then the, and then the tape collection that was like holy shit like this is like what's in here it's amazing yeah so so cool that's so cool
3: i love the documentary and it like you know i was i loved nirvana like you know the main songs but i wasn't like a diehard fan but when i saw the documentary i was like it like Touched me for like three days. I was like, "That was the craziest thing I've ever seen." Which which one? The recent documentary. Oh, Montage that came of out, Heck. Yeah. yeah. It was crazy. I was like, "Wow." Excuse me, but Which
1: was beautiful, and that was with his his daughter's full involvement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's, yeah, beautifully yeah. done. Yeah. And you know what a tribute to this person all these years later. It, this kind of
2: phenomenon just kind of keeps growing. I oh, know yeah.
3: it's so crazy
2: so uh as a as a music guy and a, and a rock guy in particular <laughs> um what's the um where are we at now with music yeah
1: well i mean i think you know the youngsters are just gonna keep keep bringing it i just saw this group the other night called dead dawn which i'm obsessed with because they are just like Bringing the full rock Just yeah. getting drunk Smashing shit And I'm just yeah. like Kind of living vicariously Through them
4: Yeah Yeah
2: So sounds like you you kind of keep up
1: i keep i don't go to shows like i used to go to shows yeah. but i'm definitely like How music's my thing i haven't become a jaded person that's like dude back in my day you right. know mm-hmm. that was all the real stuff because yeah. look at it I have. you know you have i, you, I you fight the, it but i you know it's tough i think hip hop is definitely better 90s well a lot of yeah shit you're right uh, not, yeah. <laughs> no no yeah. i mean like you know, there's, there's there's so much stuff has got kind of like you know uh, poppy like a record company get behind one single if it doesn't right. pop off and yeah, there's so much trash out there and yeah. this
2: kind of But you do see kids that are still Yeah, I mean I thrilling. try and keep up
1: with like the raw dog like yeah. local scene, you yeah. know, of people that are that are that are really going for it, you know. Yeah. But of course, yeah, I have my my classics, you
2: know what I mean like rest in peace, David Bowie, there'll never be another. Sure. You know? Crazy. Sure. Crazy. It feels yeah. like uh, you know, I know people have been claiming Proclaiming rock dead since you know the sixty, like uh, I forget when Rolling Stone announced uh-huh. it the first time, and right. you know it's happened over and over. But, um, but it it feels like, for the moment at least, rock is kind of dead in terms of its cultural influence. Certainly, if we think back to when the Chili Peppers and Nirvana, and yeah, those bands were at their peak, yeah, the impact that was making on the world, yeah. right? Yeah. whereas today. Yeah the artists that are making the huge impact on the world are not, they're not holding guitars, right?
1: Yeah, right. I mean, even, like, this Coachella thing where it's, like, the, the resurgence of Guns N' Roses, like, really? Yeah. Like, whatever.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I... I like, are, the, I like the rock concerts at the um, Coachella shows, though.
1: No,
2: I do, too. <laughs> but they're really... I, when ACDC Roses? came
3: on, I lost my shit. Well, then, the
2: thing... Yeah, I mean... That's the thing. First of all, I the, saw
1: ACDC the LA Forum in like '83.
2: Yeah. Right, yeah. I mean, that's the they time to see. brought
1: these smoke, they brought the cannons out, and these like smoke rings like shot yeah. across the entire forum. I was like 13 and high and. Oh uh, yeah, that's, that's like the that's how,
3: those are actually the best, but.
2: What? Um, they're the
3: best shows. Well, not to live. defend,
2: not that Coachella needs me to defend them, but mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> on the one hand, uh, you know they've they've kind of had everybody. It's true, right? Like you know, there's. there's 17 years in or something yeah, with 150 yeah. acts a year like yeah you know they're they're running out of stuff yeah mm. that no one's seen before yeah and on the flip side like a lot of people are gonna pay to go see guns R- right yeah. yeah you know i'm with you like i think you know now's not the time if i were to ever get excited about seeing them right not so much in their 50s but you know but, like, it sells tickets. Yeah. No, I would probably hum along to some of their songs, too, sure. man. Yeah. Who, yeah.
1: Knows, who knows? I'll probably be out there. <laughs> exactly. But I will say, um, God, the year they had Rage Against Machine do their kind of reunion. Yeah. And it was there, like God, like, that, that was early. That's on. going back to, like, some of those groups that, man, like, talk about cultural influence. Yes. Like, yeah. Like, just brought just mm-hmm. an entire explosion. Yeah. yeah. You know, and same thing, like, Chili Peppers, man. Yeah. I for sure. They bring it, man. Yeah. 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 Cool. But I think that there's always going to be, you know, youngsters making great music. I mean, look at you know that what the Twenty Seven Club. I mean, you know, Jimi Hendrix and Kurt and Janis Joplin and mm-hmm. you know all these people that created all that stuff by the time they were twenty seven. Yeah, their whole archive and then they're gone. So I don't, you know, it might be different outlets now. And um, but I think,
2: you know, I don't I don't hate on the new generation you know what I, mean? I back mm. it yeah. Yeah. yeah that's great and what about photographers coming up like you know you you mentioned some of the the the, the guys the big guys were kind of good to you right so are you um you know do you mentor kids or do you like uh let me ask it this way what what advice do you give to young photographer that's trying to get on well like i said in the beginning shoot 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 yeah just shoot
1: for for free for 50 bucks whatever I mean don't get walked on but um, shoot your life shoot your friends shoot always have a camera with you Mm -hmm. yeah I mean um, unless you're a specific photographer that you know takes 18 lights to make a shot right but if you're able to just keep creating keep building your look keep building your brand Mm -hmm. you know and hustle 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 (laughs) (laughs) you know yeah and you know if you stay with it and if you're making good work it'll stand out yeah and you know I hate to say it but then there's a lot of people that just kind of like me trying to be a guitarist like it's just not in me you know and there's right. no disrespect but some people just just you know what I mean there's some soul missing from it this is my personal opinion like I've worked with People that are the most amazing like lighting assistants and like technically they went to Brooks Institute and mm-hmm. Art Center and they know every <coughs> technical thing and in their own work there's just no soul to it and you know no disrespect but you know maybe they can grow with that but sure uh, I think it's th- there's an eye and there's a special like a, a special photographer will always stand out yeah mm-hmm. you know so. But you can only find that out by shooting and creating, mm-hmm. Yeah. you know, and trial and error. You know, what I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, there's tons
2: of stuff where I ain't showing. You right. Know what I mean? Yeah. Are there are there still photographers that inspire you that, like, young younger guys that you look look at and?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's. I definitely have uh, my kind of idols. Mm-hmm. Like I said in the beginning, I mean some of long past now which are just gonna influence me the kind of Irving Penn and the Richard Avedons but yeah. you know Peter Lindbergh still doing his things uh, some of the top fashion guys the guy Craig McDean who's I think a really amazing um, and I keep track what what, what, what people are doing and um, you know to get inspired by mm-hmm. I think I gotta I have to know what's going on in my business in the arts sure. to see what's See what's going on. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Nice. (laughs) Um, What's what's next after the after the show? Well, I'm actually um, being
1: freelance. Life we shall see, but I got lots of things brewing. Yeah. You know, hustle. Um,
2: Well, what do you think is the role of the the photographer in shaping the culture? I think it's, I think it's pretty huge, you know, to define yeah.
1: moments. Or whether it's you know the what person's face is the kind of trendsetter, or right where they're at. I mean, I think you know, st- steel image definitely stops everything in its tracks if it's yeah. the right kind of powerful right. moment.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, for me, you know, it's the you know, music and culture is so ephemeral, right? It's it's that moment on stage. Yep. you know in 91 or whatever yeah. right that you know it lives in your in your brain somewhere yeah. but you know but guys like you make that endure
4: yeah
2: right and they they enable you know and we're we're able to learn about you know the jazz or punk rock or eras past through you know the images right as much as through the music and and it sort of you know creates a greater context
1: right and it's also like a huge kind of time capsule too I mean I kind of go for like timeless in mind that hopefully in 50 years it'll be like man that was like that was a good moment you know Mm -hmm. know, I I think there's so much kind of disposable photography now that stuff that kind of stands out and um, creates a kind of a timeless vibe will always be better and that's whether even if it's something a a famous person's face or a a cultural um, you know earth Um, moment, like, you know, that picture of the, you know, poor Syrian kid that washed up on the beach, I mean, that's powerful, man, and Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not out there in any kind of, you know, shooting that AP out there in the trenches of of the world stuff, which, mad respect to those people, man, you know, I've met a couple guys that went to, like, um, Just like the Palestinian conflict, it's like, dude, like crazy. That's hardcore, dude. Like, you know, makes me feel like mass respect. Like, as I'm here setting up my shoot in New York or Hollywood (laughs) or London, you know. For sure.
4: Yeah,
2: no, it's crazy. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Well, dude, thanks for coming Um, by, man. Oh man, I appreciate it. I'm excited to see the show.
3: Yeah, super excited.
2: And uh, you know, come back, promote the next thing. for sure. For sure, this was was great. You know, for being a
1: behind-the-scenes person, this was like just a comfort, comfortable conversation. So. Yeah, you'll love it when we <laughs> so. end it
3: on the music, stuff. It'll, it'll bring back some moments.
2: Yeah, it's good stuff, man. I appreciate you awesome. sharing your, awesome. your wisdom. Yo, that was a good one. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Really like that guy, Jeff. Check out his photos online. If you're in L.A., get out to an art show and check him out. And as always, don't forget to subscribe to Rebel Radio at iTunes. And uh, tune in to Dash Radio. We're on the Hot Button channel Tuesdays at 10 a.m. And most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio. Peace.